0: Welcome to the Point Forward Podcast with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinels J.R. Radcliffe and Jim Ozarski. An over caffeinated Milwaukee
1: Bucks conversation. The Point Forward Podcast. Milwaukee Bucks chatter from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The Milwaukee Bucks. Are still on quite the roll here, uh, although there are some injury issues to deal with. My name is J.R. Radcliffe, host of the Point Forward podcast, and on the other line is Jim Ozarski. He's the Bucks beat reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He has observed the uh, the Red Hot Bucks. They they don't have that winning streak intact anymore. That snapped at seven games at the hands of the Toronto Raptors, but they picked right up where they left off with a win over the Miami Heat. What is it, nine of ten, Jim, heading into a, a game on Monday night against uh, against Cleveland? Is that is that what I got?
0: Nine of ten, yes. Um, you know, uh, losing one in Toronto, Giannis had, had a Kumbô late scratch in that one. Obviously, had a big effect, but they they had a chance. Pat Connaughton had a chance to take the lead with you know a few seconds left. It didn't go down, and you know then he makes seven threes the next game against Miami. So yeah, nine of ten, and whether Giannis as we record this plays uh, on Monday or not. Um, I, I think the Bucks are in good shape to kind of keep it rolling against <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah.
1: So sorry, eight in a row, not seven in a row. Eight, that eighth win, a very exciting game against the Charlotte Hornets, which we'll touch on a little bit. But you mentioned Giannis's calf injury. That's probably top of mind. Although I would even argue that the 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 news we got that Brook Lopez is headed towards surgery, back surgery, or not headed towards it, had it had had has back surgery, uh, and is is out for an indetermined amount of time. Still, no real no timetable floated or anything like that. I don't know of many players who just bounce back from back surgery, particularly in the middle of the season and, and play like that doesn't seem like a likelihood, but I, I, it doesn't seem like the bucks want to set any parameters on it at all. So we can mention the Giannis injury situation as well. But like you said, as we record that's up in the air for even Monday night, Brooks going to be a much, much longer situation as you, how do you understand it? Do you understand that there is a possibility that this guy is back at all in in the 2022 the half of this season or are you just assuming, you know, they brought in cousins, they've been without Brook for so long, maybe you just got a plan on them not having Brook at all this year.
0: You know, I think there's put it this way, I think there is hope that he'll be able to play this season. Now, when? I don't know. Does that mean they have to make the finals? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um I, I don't know, but I think they, they're keeping that door open. Mike Budenholzer, you know, was insistent. Uh, if he was insistent on anything, it was that it was not career ending, which is good news for the Bucs and Lopez because he's under contract for quite a bit of money the next few years. Not as insistent, but hopeful that he could play this year but obviously is is with the bucks no timeline no no idea if that means you know end of regular season or you know if they go to a sixth game in the NBA finals he could give you 8 <laughs> minutes you know um so i mean I, I think jr and we've been kind of talking about this right like out since october 20th or 21 basically they signed cousins december i mean they gave it a month right and then back surgery announced at the start of December. Um, clearly, it, I mean, having covered NFL guys, JR, that have had back surgeries like this, that's, that makes so much sense, right? Like, okay, you can try to rest and do a little bit of work and see what happens or their surgery. And obviously players and teams would prefer not to have surgery if you don't have to have it. So I think, they gave it – I mean, whatever the injury is, you know, he, he's only ever had one back surgery that we're aware of, J.R., and that was after his senior year of high school. He had a a, a bulging disc uh, repaired before he started at Stanford. Um, and, you know, he played that freshman year. That was in the offseason. So, but, you know, the Bucks were kind of evasive. They didn't really say – they did not say he hurt himself against Brooklyn. They did not say he hurt himself, like, in Miami – It, you know, I, I, so reading between the lines, JR felt like it was always there and then something happened, right. Where it just became untenable for him. Um, and so here we are. So, yeah, I think, I think DeMarcus cousins is now clearly, I think we can go into January. His, his contract will be guaranteed January 7th. Um, I don't see why they would not do that, uh, since he's now on the roster, um, and yeah, we'll just have to see what Brooke Lopez and clearly the Bucs are going to have to learn how to play defense in a different way all year long. I think for a while they thought maybe they could manage without that rim protection, but now it's just not going to be there. You know, when when Giannis is out of the game, so um, you know we'll see how that that plays out over the long haul.
1: You know, I th- I have right now what I understand is a bulging disc in my back, and it affects freaking everything, every movement. And uh, it's not as if you're like completely incapacitated. You can still walk. You can still do normal things. You can even run. It's just it it's just everything is impacted, and and it seems to come and go. Some days are better than others. It's it's a very I, I'm if I had to guess, I'm guessing like a lot of back injuries. Some days were good. Some were bad. And you know just got to a point where it's pretty clear it's not not going to get better on its own and you know most back injuries linger forever as the saying goes you've never had a bad back once you have one you got one for uh, for the rest of your life so uh, hopefully Brook Lopez of course can work work his way back uh, if not this year then the next season i mean i guess since we mentioned DeMarcus Cousins as as his sort of logical replacement on the roster. What, what do you think so far? We've seen him in a couple games. He's not going to play in every game. He's going to be sitting out back-to-backs, which makes sense with his long injury history. But uh, 15 minutes in that first game against the Charlotte uh, Hornets, a pretty close game, and, and looked you know pretty good then against the Miami Heat. That was a blowout win for the Bucs. Uh, but uh, getting about 12 to 15 minutes, at least in the early going, probably what I guess we'd expect. What, what are your initial thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think... Um you know, the, the passing is, is was impressive. I think when you think of peak to Marcus cousins, um, you know, it's, it's the double doubles, it's the scoring. Um, but here with the bucks, I mean, he said at JR, when he walked in the door, you know, whatever they asked me to do is what I'm going to do. Uh, if I play with Giannis, which he did a little bit, he's like, I'm getting the hell out of the way, which he did. Right. So, I mean, he's a smart guy in terms of the basketball stuff. I mean, you don't, reach that level of all NBA um, without knowing how to play, right? Like, so, and, and he played with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday in New Orleans. So he, he's, in terms of having a similar type of guy to Giannis, if you want to call AD that, right? Like that kind of big who can be inside, but outside. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, and look, Miami tried to push his buttons, you know, the Bucks put it on him and, he was whistled for four fouls in seven minutes. Um, they were trying to, you know, poke and prod. And, and, you know, he got he got fired up. But, you know, Pat Connaughton said after that, I kind of liked it. And it was interesting, JR, because they've mentioned the edge with Cousins. And I know you and I talked about that a little bit. You know, I mean, maybe, look, if the guys say it, that's got to be true, right? So maybe they felt that was something that was missing a little bit without P.J. Tucker. I mean, I, I know I kind of downplayed that, um, but if the guys say it, you know, I'm going to believe them. Um, So, yeah, I think Cousins. Now, we'll see. You know, we'll see as this goes on at how much they push him. You know, is it 15? Is it 20 minutes a game? And if it's 20 minutes a game, it, you know, are they relying on him to score at times? And can he do that for, you know, three quarters of a season? I mean, he hasn't had to do that, Jr. since, wow. You know Golden State, which if you look at the numbers, you'd say, "Oh, that's not bad." But that was also two major knee injury or leg injuries ago. So yeah, I think Cousins is, is off to a good start, and we'll just have to see. Obviously, you know what else he can do, or if there's if or if this is what he can do, and you know the Bucks kind of have to manage around it.
1: Oddly enough, DeMarcus Cousins is not the most recent roster addition. The Bucks have also uh, swapped out two-way contract. They no longer have Justin Robinson. Uh, under team control, that uh, that spot goes to Javante Smart, former LSU Tiger, uh, that uh, that I, I think people probably remember for his connection to the whole Will Wade fiasco, but uh, a very good basketball player. So he joins the fray and got some minutes. And then uh, also much, much bigger news, Wesley Matthews is back in Milwaukee. Of course, he was here a couple of years ago. He's a... Uh, uh, Marquette University alumnus, longtime NBA veteran, great defensive presence, and, and a guy that, uh, that contributed to that team a couple years ago that went to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, he's, he's here. But he's back. Um, actually, I've got my teams mixed up. The one that uh, was stopped by the heat in the Eastern Conference Semifinals is the one Wesley's on. Uh, w- surprising to see him back. Surprising maybe in my mind that he was a free agent and just available. I thought he had a lot left in the tank uh, when, he, when we last saw him in Milwaukee. But uh, but they they're trying to find a way to improve this team without really breaking the bank. You know these are non guaranteed contracts in some respects, and he he's he's a guy who I, I think could contribute. We saw him double digit minutes right away out of the gate uh, in that game against Miami. So uh, so give me give me your thoughts on them bringing Wesley back.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, uh, I, so refreshing, Jr. To get like veterans who don't really you know give a crap and and are just honest. So. DeMarcus Cousins says, you know, no, nobody else called me. (laughs) I was waiting at home. The Bucs called was great. Wesley Matthews, on the other hand, said, well, other teams have called, but I've been waiting for the Bucs. And he basically said he thought this was going to come in January. Like he was prepared to sort of sit at home and work out and join the Bucs around the January or maybe even the All-Star break in February. And then here they are. So he, he admitted he was a little surprised at the early call. But, um, you know, he's 35, George Hill's 35, bring a couple guys back from that bubble team. Um, you know, obviously they feel, you know, Wesley can defend, um, you know, give him a three option. You know, we'll see how that works out. He said, obviously, you know, two years ago he started every game he played. Now, you know, he admitted he may not play a game um depending how it goes. So yeah, it it's 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 interesting JR. Um you know, you know, you got Hill, Matthews, Cousins, you know, really veteran kind of really veteran guys, right? Um but this is how championship rosters that are top heavy with your big 3 have to be built, right? Like these are the the quote unquote like you know, minimum contract additions that fans always kind of pine for and hope for. Um, I I wonder, JR, if there's a domino effect, meaning, you know, is Shemay Ojale this year's Tory Craig, right? where well, He's like, got to get healthy she, before we can decide. Right, well, but that was the thing. Like, Tory Craig wasn't healthy either sure, until yeah. just before the trade deadline, and then they moved him, right? Sure. So... You know, I, I don't know where we are on the Ojale three week clock, but you know, there's that right. Jordan Wara is not quite DJ Wilson because Wilson was at least a first round pick and had some like a mil, like seven figures on his check, <laughs> so he like the the money matched up there, right? Um, and the Bucks don't have all the second round picks that they used to, you know. So I, I guess where I'm going there is I, I feel like. John Horst is sort of moving the pieces on the board a little early here, Jr. To see, you know, what happens in December, January as they get to the trade deadline. Um, they have a trade, a couple trade exceptions. You know, a few million dollars. Uh, is that Ojale? Is that Hood? Um, you know, Wara is is kind of tough to me because it would take a team that be like, well, we'll take them. Um, with the intention of playing him 25 minutes, right? Because why else would you, if you're another team, why else would you trade for a guy who's like flashed, but clearly needs more, more development? So I don't know. It's interesting. Matthews, uh, we'll see. Obviously like his defense, Pat Connaughton's playing 28 minutes a game. George Hill's playing 27 minutes a game. He's, he's now got a hyperextended knee. Like I think clearly it's depth. Yorgos Kalatsakis was waived to make room for Matthews. Like, at this point, JR, like they weren't gonna, they, they, I I feel they, they couldn't carry a guy who can't play anymore. (laughs) Like Sandro can at least go back to the G league on the two way. Um, Yorgos was taking up a roster spot and clearly the team was just like, all right, we need, we need someone who can play and who, who Bud can trust for 15 minutes to to do all the things he's going to ask him to do.
1: Yeah. RIP to Yorgos, his very brief career in Milwaukee, uh, maybe a few years down the line, that guy's going to be a pretty good player, but, uh, like you said, they're, they're, they're not in the business right now of waiting around. Uh, Giannis, by the way, turns 27 as we record this on Monday. So, uh, he is, he, he's about the only guy on the team that you could say is truly not, uh, a, a veteran uh, other than, I guess, Dante DiVincenzo. We got some word on his injury situation. He is uh, going to be headed to the G league, get some, get some reps in as he works his way back from that injury that he sustained last year in the playoffs. Very encouraging. I think, uh, you know, I guess I, I I'd sort of assigned him in the same bucket as Brooke Lopez, where I thought maybe January 1st would be an ideal time to see him back. Brooke Lopez's timeline is obviously going to be much later than that now. But uh, Dante's, I guess maybe we could still see him by Christmas or a little thereafter. Maybe that's too optimistic. What do you think about where Dante stands?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, he's been doing a lot of on-court work pregame um, that we've seen. He's dunking. He's taking lobs off the backboard. Uh, but now what, what's what's important to remember is, you know, the Bucks go on the road. A, a, when this comes out, I'll be on my way to Miami, and they're gone for a week. Miami to Houston, New York, Boston. Uh, the G League, the Herd only play one game in Oshkosh on December 12th. Then they go to Iowa the next day. We'll find out as we record this. I don't know if the plan is for them to play, per se, but he may be at a point where he actually needs more than just individual run around work. Right. Cause I feel like you could do that at the sports science center with a, a buck staffer that they leave behind, or they, they, they take him on the road like they usually do. So we'll know more about what the expectation is of why he's there, you know, but I, I in general, I would say this is obviously positive new toward his return because clearly there's another step happening, and there no timeline was <laughs> given as usual. Um, look, I'll give hey the the, the pregame uh, radio team for the Bucks sort of floated Christmas Jr. as his return, and if that's the case, this sort of matches up to a degree, right? I mean, we're we're about three weeks out, twenty days out, or whatever. Um, you know, and and a return means what eight ten minutes, but that would mean. A, a full 14 man roster being available, you know, with Brooke Lopez being the 15th guy and out. So, um, all good things for the Bucs if you're looking at, you know, everyone's staying healthy through them, <laughs> of course. But uh, it would be a big deal if Dante DiVincenzo uh, is back and then is sort of like rolling at full capacity by the All Star break, I would think, right? Because then that's the second half of the season with was kind of your full complement of, uh, well, almost full complement of guys.
1: Yeah, that's going to look really good because then, you know, Grayson Allen could still start for a while. Maybe eventually he comes off the bench in, in Dante's stead, but I don't know. I, I think that's probably going to be, I think Grayson Allen's probably going to be in there That's starting five for the for the majority of the year, right? And then, uh, I mean, I guess if, if, I guess if Dante is like full, full go by you know, by playoff time, that could change. But uh, but but this seems to be working out. So I guess the question is, are there other roster moves in the offing? You mentioned Shemi Ojale. By the way, I think I said Giannis wasn't a veteran. Obviously, he is. I, I didn't realize Shemi Ojale is one day older than Giannis Atetokounmpo. Yeah. I also didn't realize Portis and Allen are both younger. I just think of Giannis as this baby still. Uh, but uh, but there are a couple guys besides Dante, younger than him on this roster. But but Ojale, Rodney Hood is another one. I, I don't know about Thanasis in the long run, I assume Thanasis is just going to still be here as long as Giannis is here. But as far as movement they can make, uh, are there are there moves that you can sort of see on the chessboard that that would still improve this team? Because at this point, I feel like if Dante gets back healthy, I don't know if they necessarily have needs other than I guess you could add yet another big man if because if, you know you can only count on so many minutes out of Demarcus Cousins. But uh, but it feels like they're pretty close to where they want to be at that point.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's sort of like the baseball trade deadline, JR, right? Like any team is going to say, well, we need pitching, relief pitching, starting pitching. Like it's always so in basketball, it's three and D right in this league. Guys who can shoot threes, guys who can defend multiple positions. Oddly enough, you know, Shemi Ojale was signed to be that guy, right? Um just I mean Tory Craig I don't think was they thought could hit a bunch of threes but definitely play defensively across multiple positions. Um I would imagine that's the kind of guy they're looking for. I don't know if there are any other I mean how many 35-year-olds or 32-year-olds who are sitting at home are still going to help you or be willing to play, you know, a handful of minutes. I don't know. Right? I mean maybe that guys out there too. Um, so I don't, I I think it really depends on maybe this month, JR month and a half, like, okay, is Ojale, does he come back healthy? Does he stay healthy? Do they like what he was doing? Uh, like he finally just started to get a shot back. It seemed like before he re-injured that calf again. Um, so I don't know. I I mean, if DiVincenzo's back, like that, that adds some depth to the backcourt, you can further cut down, you Know George Hill's minutes. Um, so to me, I think it's really the Hood Ogilvy pairing, Jr. Because Rodney Hood is supposed to be the guy who gives you a bunch of threes. We haven't seen that yet. Ogilvy is expected to give you the defense, we haven't really seen that yet. So, and those, and the reason I bring those guys up, Jr., is because they actually have like I think seven numbers on their contract, and, and as it comes to the trade deadline. You got to make the money work. You got to, there's got to be money, which is why Wara, Cousins, Matthews don't really fit. Like those guys don't make enough. Um, DiVincenzo is the interesting one. Um, would they trade him? You know, he's going to be a restricted free agent. He, he's he got that first round rookie deal. Um, that would be the one that would be a, you know, if, if you're going to get something, JR, you got to give something, right? And the give would be DiVincenzo. Um, If he can prove that he's healthy, he's going to be that guy. And the team you're trading for him feels, you know, they can sign him to a long-term deal. So that's all to come. Um, but it's, it's, it's good on you to kind of set the table for our listeners, you know, to watch for the next month, month and a half.
1: Yeah, and uh, real quickly then, before we get to one quick buck and what's making Jim mad, you got a chance to catch up with P.J. Tucker, who was in town with the Miami Heat. He got his ring. He had some great things to say about Milwaukee. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to see that he's, uh, he's, he's happy doing what he wants to do, uh, in Miami. And, uh, I'm also happy that the Bucks were able to, to beat his team pretty soundly, a much different scenario than it was earlier in the year when the Bucks had Giannis at their disposal and, uh, and yet dropped a very lopsided game in Miami, but, uh, the Bucks playing quite a bit better than they are are playing quite a bit better now than they were then uh, what's uh, what, I, I, just give me some highlights from, from talking to PJ. I know it's up at jsonline.com and people had a chance to read it already, but uh, it's gotta be cool catching up with that guy.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, J. R., I think it's as, <laughs> it says a lot that he, he gave me a call, you know, I'm sure he was in a Ferrari or something uh, on his way to FTX arena uh, before a game to, to talk about Milwaukee and it's fans specifically. And and he said, I mean, it was the after party on Water Street. He's like, that's, that's burned in my head. That's awesome. You know, and he's like, and it was funny because he goes, I know none of my other teammates were going to do that kind of thing. He's like, <laughs> but I had to go. He's like, I had to go down there um, and and do that. And that's like, uh, and that's so cool. Like he one thing I didn't make the story was, you know, when he put the ski mask on, I'm reminding you, I got like, it snow, it's on my window, it was, you know, that day in April that it snowed and he, he put the <laughs> drop top on the Ferrari, put the ski mask on and drove around town. And he's like, that's me. And then yet that also helped endear him sort of right away to Bucks fans, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, And so that kind of thing. Yeah, it was definitely go check it out. It's a free article uh, over at JSONline.com. It, it's uh, You know, it's PJ being PJ. And I think it was definitely, it says a lot, uh, having done this for so long, JR, like not everybody, whether they win or not, um, are willing to just kind of jump on the phone and take that time to speak to the fan base um, of the place they left. That was, I thought that was also spoke more about it. I mean, at least to me in our profession, right? That, than, than what he said, which obviously affected Bucks fans in a lot of, in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna remember PJ Tucker as a longtime Milwaukee Buck. Like fifteen years from now, people will be like, oh, "Yeah, PJ Tucker was here for for a few years." No, he was here for three months. But uh, what a what a wild ride! Four months, five months. I, I'm, I'm time doesn't matter in the in the pandemic era. But uh, here for the important ones: great postseason, the speeches he gave, the the ski mask that you mentioned, partying afterwards on Water Street. Like it's it's hard to find someone more endearing. Uh, than pJ Tucker so uh, he gets to he gets to be immortal forever here in Milwaukee for his work in the bucks winning the 2021
0: NBA championship
1: any last thoughts jim before we turn it over to our uh to our special features of the week
0: no we'll see we'll see if this Giannis calf injury that's probably the thing to watch now i mean Chemi Ogilius calf has been a deal all season we remember pJ's Tucker pJ Tucker's calf I think knocked him out for like a week last year so uh i don't know he may play tonight after we record this. But I think when you're dealing with soft tissue and, and things of that nature, whether he does play or not, I think for a little while at least, we'll just have to see You know how the, the reigning finals MVP is doing with that.
1: Also, you can check out Jim's story on Alex Atetacumpo up at jsonline.com, the youngest of the uh, of the Uh He's uh, kind of forging his own path toward, toward a ba- basketball career. It's pretty interesting stuff. Again, that's, uh, that's up right now at jsonline.com. But for now... Let's uh, let's get into our features for the week. Let's start with one quick buck. danceman, Mason Woo-hoo! with authority.
0: Man, Monte Ellis puts it up at the buzzer and got it. No way. Monte Ellis wins the game and then heads to the locker room. Oh, you gotta be kidding me,
1: Charlie Florida. He has got the mojo going. To <laughs> the
0: in your face, Brad Lohas.
1: The Milwaukee Bucks. Select Larry Sanders from Virginia Commonwealth University. Larry is not here. One quick buck. So again, uh are invited to, if, they, if they've got one quick buck that they want to throw my way, again, that's a, a Bucks player who isn't one of the stars, isn't, isn't an all-star, isn't on one of the championship teams, but is somebody that a lot of people fondly remember, they should reach out to me. They can find me on Twitter at Radcliffe that's R-A-D-C-L-I-F-F-E. This, Jim, is the first time I'm, I'm using a suggestion someone gave me. Corey Smarzinski reached out on Twitter and, uh, and threw a name out at me, and that name is Marty Conlon. Does that name ring a bell for you at all? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not at all.
1: <laughs> I thought so. Well, there's a really good, funny Michael Jordan connection. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Michael Jordan in 1993 was doing Nike commercials. And there's one famous commercial where he's in a gym by himself. It's black and white. He's like, what if my name wasn't in lights? You know, what if I, what if I wasn't a, a superstar or whatever? Like, I, I think what if is the name of the commercial thread or theme or whatever. Uh, but Marty Conlon did some local commercials spoofing that. In the Milwaukee market, Marty Conlon was only here for two seasons in Milwaukee, but he did uh, he did something for Liberty Bank where he uh, he said those like what if my name wasn't in lights what if I didn't have the prettiest jump shot in the league what if I was just a, what if I was just a basketball player would you still know my name and treat me nicely my bank does. And uh, that's a Liberty <laughs> Bank commercial. Very funny stuff. Very tongue-in-cheek, uh, spoofing the Jordan thing, which was very popular at the time. Uh, but uh, Marty Conlon was briefly like one of the most popular players in Bucks history. It was a, it was a, a comet. It was a very brief time. But uh, in the '94-'95 season, they had just signed him. The Bucks had. He'd already been with. I want to say in three years, he'd already been with four teams in the NBA. So this was his fifth team in four years. Plus he'd had stints in the Continental Basketball Association and, and ended up going to Europe. But uh, he was an undrafted guy out of Providence, went to the final four uh, with Rick Patino's team uh, at Providence. And in 94-95, he starts out like absolute guns a-blazing. They beat the Lakers. They beat the 76ers. Uh, he has a career-high 20 points of the win over Philly. Uh, he's got he's got 15 points in 20 minutes against the Lakers. Hits two free throws with 11.8 seconds left to win the game. This is the season where Glenn Robinson had just been drafted. So that, that was kind of the, the marquee item for Bucks fans. He, Glenn Robinson didn't play the first game because he'd had a contract dispute, had missed all of camp, so he got a slow start. So that Lakers game is is his debut. But Marty Conlon kind of steals the show, and so briefly, he's he's kind of like the man. He started a ton of games. Uh, he he played in all eighty two. I, I don't think he started a ton, but he started a few. He played in all eighty two of them. Nine point nine points, five point two rebounds that first year. Shot fifty three percent from the field. He's six ten guy, so he should shoot fifty three percent. Uh, you know, couldn't shoot the three or anything. Old old NBA type of player, but like. He, uh, he was, he was kind of, kind of the guy. And then, uh, in 95, 96, his production drops way off. Uh, he winds up signing with the Celtics in the, well, I was, he was, I believe traded to the Suns, signed with the Celtics. You know, he, he, he spent like time with half the league. Um, he wore, he wore number zero with the Celtics. His first, his first game after leaving the box was with the Celtics against the bucks and they didn't even have his Jersey stitched up yet. He, they just gave him number zero with no name on the back. Uh, And he played it. He was he was traded uh, by the Bucks for in a deal that brought Elliot Perry back. So there's another name that we should pocket for later for uh, next edition of one quick buck. So he was only here two seasons. But uh, but for a brief moment, he was uh, he was a star in Milwaukee. And by brief, I mean, like two games. But Marty Conlon, that is one quick buck for this week. (laughs) Any thoughts?
0: No, no, that's uh, I I do enjoy the commercial, though.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to find like I, I was trying to find that commercial online. I could not do it. So if somebody has, has knows where that might be or has access to a link, please, please, please send it my way. I'd love to see it. Uh, all I could find was a description of it uh, in in our in our archives. I can find the Jordan commercial, but not one with Marty Conlon. So. <laughs> Those may not have been preserved into perpetuity by the internet. All right, let's move on to the thing that everyone looks forward to every week. It's what's making Jim mad.
0: I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore!
1: I am very disappointed! I'm upset! Louder! I'm upset! Say it
0: louder! I'm upset! That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. What's making Jim mad? <laughs> yeah, I, so I'm back on the road, Jr. And this this was a thing that I, I was on my list anyway, and then it happened to me on the trip in Toronto, and I was like, okay, I, I have to do it, and it is this need, and it's especially more in the last now coming up on two years. I don't, it's made me even matter. When I move or clearly like move my position in an airport or a train or at a restaurant, whatever, wherever, I move away from people. Like I, I make the effort to give myself space. And then someone who sees this happen elects to come sit closer to me. Not that they want to talk to me or know me or anything like that. It's just. Like, why? Don't... Like, I'm moving away from you to be away from people. There's all these other spaces that you can go to. Why are you coming close to me? This happened to me on the train in Toronto, JR. I get on a train car. Like, there's no one on this train. It Like, people are literally going from one car to, to, like, to sit in their whole car by themselves. I walk all the way down. This guy follows me in. And... I put my bag in and I'm going to sit right there. And then he says to me, can we sit anywhere? And I'm like, it looks like we can sit anywhere. He's like, okay. And he literally sits right next to me. (laughs) It's a whole train car. Is it possible he knew
1: he was like, you're a celebrity, Jim. Is it possible he knew who you were?
0: (laughs) We're all in like the winter hat, mask, all that stuff. So I, I go, uh, Oh yeah. I, uh, I'm going to put my bag up and thankfully I, I, I could, I put my bag up in the train car, this other thing. And I just walked to the other end of the cart, but I'm just like, I mean, that's the thing that bothers me anyway. Like if I go to a coffee shop and there's like, you know, six tables or whatever, and I go to the one and then someone, I don't know. I just don't want to be, I never wanted to be in like someone's sphere let alone the last two years. Let alone coming off a COVID nineteen positive test. Like so, I was just, you know, I mean, good thing it wasn't morning, Jim Jr. Because I might have snapped on dude <laughs> and been like, "Get out of my space." <laughs> I at least was like awake. Um, yeah. So that that was that makes me mad in general, and it's really making me mad. I'm with fascinated. Something that sucks.
1: Fascinated by this because I wasn't aware this was a phenomenon I find when I just assume everybody is like me and wants nothing to do with other people. So I move away. I don't I guess I don't feel like people encroach my children encroach on my space at all times when I'm trying to move away from them. Uh, in fact, I think with them, it's even like conversation. I start talking to my wife. I swear that some part of their brain gets jealous and they start talking over it, asking questions, uh, things like that. So, so I guess from a, in a, in a family setting, I feel this pain, but otherwise I, I have not experienced this. I think it's because I'm not famous and you are. I think that's all there is to it. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'll uh, I'll chalk that up. Maybe maybe no, I'm still gonna make me mad. I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I I didn't even ask about it because now that you're out of the uh, the health and safety protocol and are back on the road, that means you didn't get to see that game in Charlotte, which I said we talk about. It, it's got to be weird to, to see a game like do you, do you get like when you cover a game? I I know speaking from my experience when I cover a game and I'm physically there, it is a completely different uh, uh, like it's just a completely different experience than when I'm at home. And I think it's no secret that I allow my fandom to thrive when I am at home, but I wouldn't do that if I were out covering a game. It's, it's much more neutral. and, And like, I seriously feel that neutrality, but for you, I know you're not like a lifelong bucks fan or anything, but like you watch a game like that, which is exciting. You get the Giannis play at the end. You've got, you know, a a three court shot from bridges that almost goes in. LaMelo ball is incredible. I I mean, I have to think that's kind of exciting to watch that level of basketball, even if you're doing it from afar. Right. Uh,
0: Yeah, it is. It is definitely exciting to, I mean, that's why we do. That's why we do what we do, right. Is to experience it and, and take it all in. So, um, for sure. Like you, there's definitely that element of like appreciating the performances that you see, um, And, you know, I I feel like this, you know, I feel like there's a, a, I mean, the job is to then tell that story in the best way you can. Now, a little inside baseball for for folks, like Ben Steele was on that game. I did the the nail-biter in Toronto the next night. Um, I mean, we have an absurd deadline for these games. So while you're trying to watch it, you're also knowing you need to file that thing (laughs) Sort of in the moments after it's over, so it's a very it's a weird watch, right? Like you can't you 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 can't um, get lost in it. So I, I guess I will say for me, uh, watching it on television in Toronto, they did broadcast that game. Um, I I while I enjoyed it, I immediately was texting Ben Steele. Also knowing that that was going to drive him crazy because he's like, why is my phone blowing up as I have to write this game in the final second? So there's a part of me that was also um, feeling for our colleague, <laughs> but also making him, uh, you know, a little, little extra angry at me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would feel
1: the same way. It's And I, I have covered games from home before, too, doing our live blogs. And it is, I, I hear what you're saying, totally different watch. Uh, just very much about detail and and sort of conveyance and not so much about appreciating the moment at all. But uh, but here you had a chance where, you know, it was an exciting game and you didn't have to write a story right away. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> so shout out to Ben Steele for covering that game. Uh, if you didn't see the Giannis shot, the ridiculous spin he put on that shot, driving shot, you got to go take a look at it. But I know you probably have seen it. The Bucks are back in town, uh, well, as we record this tonight, Monday, against Cleveland. So we will not, unfortunately, have uh, have much from that game on this podcast. We'll talk about it on the next one. And then I think it's every other day into the weekend, right? So game Wednesday, Friday, yeah, maybe it's Friday, Saturday this weekend. Uh, and then again, uh, Sunday, Monday, I believe. So, uh, so it's a busy schedule coming up here. The next next ten days are going to be pretty crowded for the Bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, and and you know the Miami the game at home. Jr. We talked last podcast was probably going to be important. Look, Bam Adebayo gets hurt. Jimmy Butler gets hurt. You know, Giannis didn't play. Grayson Allen didn't play. So maybe uh, the game in Miami. Um, is a out of bounds gonna be out, but maybe Butler and Giannis plays and, and that that changes the context of that game and what it means. Um, if not, look, the Knicks are are sort of um imploding. I don't know if that's the right word. I mean, there's still whatever's going on out there. Boston has not figured out either. So, look, the Bucks are on a win streak or winning you know, nine of ten. There is a good chance, um, that that they really can still keep it rolling, whether or not Giannis plays. Um, If anything, it just opens up some minutes for cousins and Matthews and some of these uh, Rodney hood to maybe get some more time and, and find a comfort comfort zone themselves. Bucks are the hottest team
1: in the Eastern conference right now. Still a game and a half out, but uh, the bulls, I don't know. I I just don't fear the Bulls. <laughs> I know they've started out guns and blazing, in 16 and 8, but uh I think the Bucks are going to are going to have no problem catching and bypassing the Bulls at some point. And Then of course, Brooklyn Nets sitting as hot the Eastern Conference standings at 16 and 7, Bucks at 15 and 9. And uh Jim, we'll uh, we'll have more to more to chat about. Hopefully we'll have some updates on uh on the Giannis situation, some clarity rather on the Giannis situation by the next time we chat. So uh that is that is all we have today. Thanks for joining us, man.
0: Sounds good. Talk to you soon.
1: Find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We love those ratings and reviews, but you can also just reach us on Twitter. Again, I'm at Jr Radcliffe. He's at Jim Ozarski. Let us know what you think. Holler at us for one quick buck, or maybe, heck, maybe even share what's making you mad. Maybe maybe Jim can empathize, and he can mention it on the next uh, What's Making Jim Mad (laughs) segment. Who knows? Uh, Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will chat with you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for
0: listening to the Point Forward podcast, a Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and jsonline.com production.